Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Paganism, shamanism, what do these ideas mean to you? Did you know that a lot of controversial views on these topics are based upon misconceptions? Welcome to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk, a.k.a. Susie Peltier. We will explain these practices in depth and provide new opportunities and perspectives to change your life. Now, here is Lady Red Hawk. Hail and welcome everyone. I'm Lady Red Hawk and this is Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs. Today's show is the Wheel of the Year, the Goddess and the God. And we are blessed to have my old friend, Lord Salmon, the priest of my circle, to join us in a surprise visit. Those of you who've been following the show from the start have... Uh, uh, may remember Lord Salmon. He was my very first guest on my premiere show discussing the power of intention, which you can still find in the archives. Um, to follow along with our show, you can go to www.facebook.com slash spiritseekersradio and download a free goal coaching graphic. Now, if you don't find it there, um, it'll probably be there by the end of the show. So what you can do in the meantime is go grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, and draw yourself a circle, and draw a squiggly line down the center. Oh, it sounds like there's a whole mob running down the corridor for that. That was really well-timed. And then draw... A line at the top and a line at the bottom. So you're, you're making, you've divided it in half, then you're divided in half the other way. So you've got it in quarters now and then divide it in half again. So you've got it in, in eighths. And that draws your eight wheels of the year. Uh, your eight sabbats of the year. The, um, the graphic is the same graphic that we used at, um, the, on the show for the um, discussing the Taoist Wiccan wheel. So if you happen to still have that graphic, this is the same graphic. Um, but this is a way that you can follow along even if um, you can't find that one up um, quite yet. <clears throat> so, um, so Lord Salmon is uh, a native of California. He was raised in the canyons and grew up in the canyons of uh, San Bruno Mountain, just south of San Francisco. He graduated from UCSF with a degree in psychology, studied 
with the Fourth Way Group using theater as a medium, community chaplain for 15 years, yogini for 10 years, practicing Taoist Wiccan priest for six years, and Reiki practitioner for five years. So welcome, Lord Salmon. Thank you. Hail and welcome. Thank you so much for coming back. It's a pleasure to have you. Sure. Excited to talk about (laughs) the relationship of the uh, goddess and the god here. Yes. It's a, it's, uh, the more time that passes and the, the, the deeper and the more poignant the relationship becomes, it, in the course of the year, you really begin to discover all of the facets of love through, uh, their relationship, I think. They, they kind of leave no stone unturned as the, the wheel goes on. It, it's a fascinating relationship that I think continues to reveal itself as time goes on. Have you it, found that to be true for yourself? Yes, it, it does. You know, I, I think, um, yeah, because, you know, it starts with, with birth, um, you know, with the Divine Mother giving birth at Yule and and goes all the way through the the whole relationship and the incredible dance of of the year and and, um, and the Goddess and the God until it culminates at Samhain and and just the the depth and the breadth of of this parting of ways um, is is rather uh, amazing, very poignant. It's very very poignant time of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes to a close, mm-hmm. and completely archetypal. The entire it 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 seems to experience um, numerous archetypes as uh, we go through the wheel, and we're going to kind of go through them one by one. But I want to point out, as I do in every show, that though there are a lot of traditions in Wicca, none of them have anything to do with the devil. Wicca is a nature worship, and as in our conversation with me, with Raven Gramasi, it truly is that we believe that nature is alive. It's um, filled with uh, a spirit that communicates with us, and if we're paying attention, our lives are richer for it, and that it is a uh, nature that wants to nurture us. So it's um, has nothing to do with the demonization. Excuse me. <coughs> right, and if you're doing it right, nature responds, <laughs> which is the, that's the magic. That's the amazing thing. Right, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> yes. And if you have, if if you want to call in to the show, the number is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. One eight six six four seven two five seven nine five, or you can email at info at suzypeltier dot com. So, um, let me also uh, s- let's start with the longest night of the year. This is the most famous one. This is Yule, and the Christians later adopted it as Christmas, it's the archetype of the mother giving birth to the sun child, S-U-N-S-O-N. And we see this archetype of the mother and child in Isis and her baby Horus in ancient Egyptian mythology, um, Mithras, um, 
we see it in uh, uh, even Lao Tzu had a virgin birth, according to um, to writings of the time. So this idea that um, uh, spirit is made manifest through woman is not a um, not a Christian idea. Yeah, predates that by quite a bit. (laughs) By quite, by quite a bit. Quite a bit. (laughs) But this, we also have this idea that it ties into nature because this is the longest. This is the vigil of the longest night, the mother's travailing, and um, so we are also kind of in that travailing with her. Um, We. in Wicca, we kind of put ourselves in the myth. We're the heroes of of each myth, and we play, we ride the wheel in that way. We're in the center of the myth. We're heroes of the myth, and so we too are the baby being born, as well as the mother giving birth. So um, we kind of uh, can't have a rebirth if we're dragging in our old baggage. So from a Taoist Wiccan standpoint, we're going through that whole dark time and that whole labor to um, let go of our uh, baggage. Right, kind of from November to almost the end of December. Right, right. And each... Each holiday kind of bleeds into the other one or dovetails into the other one. So um, you have um, Yule placed at the top of your wheel and then November um, or, or October 31st is to your left just an eighth uh, back. And that would one we would call Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, Halloween. And where we celebrate the um, the dead, honor our ancestors, and um, uh, death and transcendence, and the horn god dies. And we'll look at at that when we get around to it. But we'll start with the rebirth, and we set a new intention at that time. Well, so we have the motif of the mother and the child. The next one, February first which would be about 2 o'clock if you were setting it 2 o'clock. Um, that's Imbolc, sometimes called Brigid, and that's the forging of commitments. And that's still the mother and child. The baby lambs yeah. are, are being... Um, uh, born and so forth. We still have, um, and it's interesting because the, um, the goddess is beginning to transform too into, into more of a maiden form. So the, the mother's actually getting younger. Right. In, in a sense, as the, as the, uh, son is getting longer and, and, uh, older. Mm-hmm. One aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at that at that point, the um, then we move into the full planting cycle, Ostara, which is the spring equinox. And at that point, the two are children together. Yeah. And we're, that's the 
um, holiday we just passed where we're full of play and uh, we clarify our goals and call in our allies. And it's a lot of hard work, but it's also a lot of play and lots of beauty surrounding us and so forth. Um, springtime and a the lot plants, of joy. The planting and the fecundity of the earth, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the uh, firming up intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful time, full of full of hope and uh, and good cheer. Right, right. And uh, the next one is Beltane. That would be about um, five Maturity. o'clock. <laughs> yes, three yes, and that that's where that's yeah, yeah that's about uh, five o'clock on our on our if we're we were putting it at a clock, four or five o'clock. And um, Beltane is the marriage of the god and goddess. At that point, love has matured. And the god and goddess within are married. And that one has a lot to do with self-love and inherent worthiness. It's a very important rite this is where sex magic comes in, and after the break, we have a lot to say about that. Um, but I want to encourage those who just joined us to check in at that Facebook, uh, Spiritual Seekers Radio, see if you can download that uh, the graphic we're talking about, and um, we will be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Susie Peltier, Lady Red Hawk, offers private sessions of massage therapy, hypnotherapy, spiritual consultations, Reiki sessions, and trainings in San Francisco, California. She is available for in-person lectures as well as webcasts on a variety of topics such as stress management, holism, motivational speaking, and developing personal spirituality. Susie can also personalize a healing session or a spiritual consultation for you through Skype or by phone using hypnotherapy and distance sessions of Reiki. Susie is a reverend with the Universal Life Church and a third-degree Wiccan priestess performing interfaith pastoral duties such as hospice and family counseling, in addition to a variety of personalized rites such as weddings, house clearings, and memorials. Susie is currently taking applications for students in Wicca and offers circle trainings as well as priest and priestess initiation study programs. To find out more about Susie as a healer, teacher, and priestess, visit her website, www.susiepeltier.com. Email her at info at susiepeltier.com or visit the Facebook page to find out more about Taoist Wicca. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about this week's program, please call 1 866 472 5795. 
That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at suzypeltier.com. Now, back to Spiritually Speaking. So, welcome back. I'm talking with uh, Lord Salmon. And before we get back to our conversation regarding Beltane and um, the relationship between the Lord and Lady, um, I want to just say that uh, this is the second to the last show of the season. Um, I'm staying with the station, so you'll still be able to find me in the archives, but I'm going to be expanding a bit. I'm going to be broadcasting from Ustream while I uh, look for some sponsors and for for some guests and for my next round of shows with Voice America. So my thanks to all of you for making this first season such a hit. We blew their socks off. To, <laughs> to give, to give you an idea, yeah, to give you an idea, they usually expect around 500 to 700 listeners per month. And my first month went to 2,100 listeners. And my second month went to nearly 11,000 listeners. Wow. So, if you're a sponsor or a guest looking for a great way to get your word out at an inexpensive price, please contact me at info at suzypeltier.com. And I'm also going to be announcing more um, about my plans for um, for the uh, Ustream show. Um, so keep an eye on... Uh, as the Facebook Spiritual Seekers Radio Show, or um, keep watching my tweets at Spirit Seek Radio. And thank you so much again for making this show so popular. I really, really appreciate it. Um, now, let's go back to the Lord and Lady. They just got married. They are entering yeah. their sweet honey. Right, their sweet <laughs> honey month which is what we call it, the honeymoon comes from that. A moon was represented a month. And because it was a moon cycle, 28 days. And um, so one of the ways that you can practice sex magic, even in your daily life, if you have a sex partner, is to simply recognize before you enter into lovemaking, look into their eyes, put your hands on their heart, and say to them, and really, with all of the honor and recognition, I behold the goddess in you, or I behold the God in you, and really focus in bringing forward, calling forward that God or goddess in them, and you'll be amazed at the difference it brings about in your lovemaking. It's um, a profound shift, because if um, many of us are channels, and what we do is wind up channeling the god or goddess in the lovemaking, and that takes it to a whole other level. Once you've done that, you'll never go, want to go back to um, the usual <laughs> standard <laughs> lovemaking ever again. <laughs> and it's, it's phenomenal. There are, of course, uh, uh, tantric methods for um, making it last longer, 
um, and ways in which you hold a desired thought um, for something you're trying to create in your mind and gentlemen don't e- ejaculate and maybe they uh, when they do ejaculate they keep that ejaculate and maybe anoint a candle with it or something like that women can do the same with their menstrual blood and I'm going to be talking a little bit more about sex magic in our next show which is the art and ethics of spellcraft so um, this isn't all I have to say about that. But in, in the context of the relationship between the god and the goddess, at Beltane, you really get a sense of this love as a pairing, love as the two differences as opposites. There's a story in the craft that the goddess was all in and of herself, but she was lonely, so she drew out a mirror and drew out her, drew forth her own emanation, and the god was that emanation. So he's, he's her, but her opposite. And so she so loved the world that she created from herself this reflection of herself. And that everything that he is, she is. And so when you add the dot to the picture of the yin-yang, you put it at Beltane and at Samhain because that's when you see this dot of the other as a reflection of the self. So whether you're loving yourself, there's always a part of yourself that feels a little bit foreign. You might call it your shadow. You might call it... Um, just the part of yourself that you can't quite make peace with or the part of yourself that you, you look on, you look from your shoulder and go, gee, why'd I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's that part of that other that is still part of you. And that's the part that you learn to love. You come to love through that eyes of the other and the god and goddess are the the mere reflections of each other so when you love someone they are the mirrors mere reflections of you and it's um it's at almost at this point in time that you really notice the the two different levels to the that are happening here one wanted a more spiritual plane as you say when we acknowledge the um the goddess and the god in each in each other and uh and, and the other in the um carnal range and the um the planting of the crops the, the blossoming of the crops the uh the the other harvest i mean there's almost like two plantings going on here at once two two rivers of energy flowing mhm yes so that you know there's a there's a a higher wave going on that's that's reflected in the um in the more physically manifested realm. A little bit like the path of manifestation and liberation in the chakra system? Well, that too. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, so it works its way through the chakras. But there's, um, you know, there's uh, 
the the lower sexual aspects of it, the passion, the 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 sweat and everything, and then there's also the higher aspects of the of the god and goddess beginning to become more apparent as this pairing works its way through to Samhain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, as the love begins to develop. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost as if there'd be um Two harvests, you know, one one at the physical level, the food that we harvest, uh, um, the manifestations that we harvest, the fruits of our work. But there's also another spiritual harvest that more or less takes takes place at Samhain. Um, you know, when the when the horn one makes the ultimate sacrifice for the benefit of the community. Right. Right at the right at Beltane, you're celebrating the individual, the individuality that that helps create that attraction. Yes. Right, and then still young. It's it's young. Right, and then as we move into Lith, it becomes you know more more mature. The summer solstice. mm Mhm. Mhm. It's like the union begins to ripen and the at litha the summer solstice the longest day of the year right the myth is that the sun god is spent they've been in the, the sweet glow all month he is totally spent and dies in the goddess's arms and this is his um, sweet death and he is then reunited with the goddess and this is devoutly to be wished so it is not like she he is particularly sad about this this is means a loss of individuation but now a complete return to unity and that's something that, that people have a hard time grasping. The other thing that people have a difficult time with is that there are three aspects of the God in Wicca. Yeah. Um, uh, the sun God, the seed God, and the horned God. The seed God is in um, uh, well, the, the sun, the sun king, the 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 birth of the return of the sun, the seeds, mm-hmm. the seeds of the ideas, all the things that are coming through in the early part of the year. Mm-hmm. To yeah. you know, to more the um, the the seed god or the green uh, the green god that's coming through at summertime, where where the grain is sprouting. Right. And, um, you know, so we're, so, so basically from the Lord's aspect, it's providing for, for the child, for the, you know, for the future of the child and for the, the future of the family and the sense of responsibility. Yes, each one of the gods has his own way of providing for the family. Right. Yeah. And that's indeed kind of how they they came. Not only did they come from two different epochs of time, 
um, from the Paleolithic, you got the hunter-gatherers and the horned god. So it was what you ate. And then in the Neolithic, when the seed mysteries came along, the seed god was what fed you. And then the, when they started studying the sun, then you had that uh, coming into play, too. So... Um, you also had, the, in, in the Bronze Age, the invasion of the sky gods, and that was, those were patriarchal, and that kind of meant the, the doomsday for um, the matriarchies all over the world. But uh, nevertheless, you see these three epochs of time demonstrated in the Wheel of the Year. Um, so the... Um, so Sun God was the first to be born at Yule. Then you had the seeds in the first planting. And then right after the Sun God dies, then you have the first of the harvest um, cycle, Lamas, the first harvest, that um, followed by the full harvest, which is Maybon or um, uh uh, autumn equinox and then we've hinted at it uh, Samhain and at my Spiritual Seekers Radio Facebook page I even have a t-shirt you can buy that says I survived Samhain <laughs> and the reason I do is that it's it's an ancestor right and it's the death of, it's a hunting rite. So it, it celebrates the death of the horned one, and it's the, the, the last of the uh, gods to die. The Belt, Beltane is opposite Samhain, and it is because the hunting uh, rites were also, um, the rutting season was at Beltane and Samhain. So the way they would hunt these animals was wait until they were rutting and sneak up on them. It was it was the easiest way. To, it was the easiest way to do it. Completely unfair, but it was easy to do. So, um, uh, so they were making love and have. <coughs> excuse me, and <coughs> at Beltane, and then at Samhain, they. Shoot, shoot one, and then that's the meat that carries them through the winter. Right, the sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice. Yeah, and there, and and then there's. Um, um, I mentioned earlier that I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the zero chakra at that point. I know, I know, mm-hmm. we're not adding the chakras to all these different uh, spokes of the wheel, but but uh, in that one, it just it it, it does seem like there's. Um, but it kind of culminates in that point of of uh, nothingness, of of um, you know, <clears throat> born but not not born, you know, never never being <laughs> well, never born, but, but still conscious. Back up, let's back up, Mark, and say that uh, the zero chakra is my invention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> I like and, it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And that um, what I did along the year was say that certain each of these sabbats triggered certain chakras, and that when we got to Samhain through Yule, I saw this um, that something else was happening. That we were not being triggered so much by by internal 
chakras, by uh, things triggered by endocrine glands and things like that. But there was an existential, an experience of something existential. Yes, I agree. That um, had to do with an experience of the great no thing and the great um, question of existence itself. And I had to call it the the zero chakra because it wasn't an experience of the seventh chakra, which would be inspiration, which ties you back into the crown chakra, back into being here. Mm-hmm. It's only it's an experience of n- not being, but it's but as the Taoists would say, being is born of non-being. So yeah. it's an experience of that non-being, and. And you, it, there is that at the death of the horned god, you have such a poignant, uh, he, the, the sacrifice the horned one has given his all to be reunited with the goddess. And there's such tenderness with which she takes him in. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and, and, it, even as it's a reunion, it's it's a party it, because it, it is that it is that union at a, at a level that doesn't even exist on this earth, so to speak, or in right. this realm. And and so it's it's a it's an acknowledgement of what's always there, what's always been there. That you know we've always been lovers, and right. and yet at the same time knowing that there's a, a the that uh, there's a parting from this form and that certain things will be no more. Yes. So that, that's been sacrificed, um, at least from the God transition. You know, the goddess is, is eternal, so she, she goes on, passes on through this um, in a different way. There's a... But she's um, a bride at Beltane and a widow at Samhain. Yeah. So she experiences a profound grief and a profound loss at Samhain as well. Right, a a spiritual death. um, Right. You know, yeah. Right. So it's, but, though, but it's just a little, little different in nature, and I think that's you know that's the difference between the goddess and the and the god. It's a, the, I think the difference in that experience, in the sense that, um, in in a sense, the that the the god knows that that he's no more at that point, except in the the conception and the love that's held within the goddess. But what's beautiful about uh, the wheel is that whenever you look, no matter where you look, you're looking either from the top or the bottom, either from the question or the opposite end of that question. So from uh, you're either looking from Beltane at the marriage or you're looking at... Um, uh, the widow at Samhain, the, right. the bride or the widow, and at the at Yule, you're looking at the mother having given birth, and the the death of the sun god, 
Right. And um, you're looking at, when you talk about the themes, you're looking at intention from Yule and uh, accountability from the highest point at the maximum amount of light. When the sun god dies, you're looking at accountability. Right. So go from intention to accountability. So every single one, you're looking from self-love at Beltane, the opposite Samhain, it's self, the last act of self-love is to cut away suffering. Yes. So, so from every single one, it's very Taoist to be looking at the opposite theme from the opposite perspective. Imbolc had its commitments. And what's the opposite of commitment is hesitancy. So Lamas has your first harvest, but what do you face? You face your shadows. Your shadows have to do with your hesitancies. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's important, too, from the aspect of maintaining a sense of balance in our own being, this, this looking across the wheel and, and knowing that, that this op- opposite is all reconciled within us. At this opposite time, right? That there, so, that you'll pass through it as a matter of course, right? You know that you're not pressured into it. It's just as a matter of course. You either fa- face it voluntarily, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or <it's> <laughs> screaming, but <laughs> <laughs> or you'll get there eventually. Great waste of energy. You know, we we still have our choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's it's a, a kindly system, and it's useful even just to tuck in the back of your mind to say, okay, we just passed Ostara, we just passed our first balance point, and that means our first opportunity to bring what isn't in balance back into balance. Right. And it's, all, and it's also yeah. going to show us what isn't in balance. It, that, yeah, I was going to say that it kind of really shows us what's what's not in balance. It makes it makes it obvious, and um, and in that sense, a little bit easier to work on because when, once you can identify the problem, you go, "Oh, okay, I need to right. bring that into balance here." So right. yeah, definitely a, a recognition of of, uh, of what's out of balance at this point in the year. Right, and it's also an, uh, a wonderful thing if you have if you have people you're out of touch with, or in need of reconciling with, or something. The equinoxes, both of them are one because of their uh, tendency toward balance. They give us a wonderful opportunity to reach out and see what we can do toward rebalance. You've got some seasonal impetus to say I'm sorry or to reach out and see if you can begin the dialogue to bring things back into balance. So from yeah. that standpoint, it's really, um, it's really, really helpful. I've been, I've been sensing that. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, that's the great thing about, about working the will is that it, it um, corresponds with nature and, and the things that, that nature evokes in us as the seasons change. And so, right. I heartily agree with you. I'm, I'm finding myself thinking those exact thoughts uh, just today, this morning. <laughs> and you know, a good time to to reach out. And, um, 
and, you know, bring some kind of conclusion to things that may have been up in the air for a while. This is a good time to work it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really the point of this system is that the system's working whether you're realizing it or not. That's that's how I came across the system was observing that people who had nothing to do with this system were living this system anyway. Yes. It isn't something that, that I'm imposing on you. It's something that by observation I'm seeing seems to work um, anyway, and it's helpful if you become conscious of it because then you can apply certain questions to kind of move you along in harmony with, mm-hmm. with nature and its processes. That is true. That is true. So the other thing I kind of wanted to mention is that um, before we, we have to take a break here, is that um, people kind of are often confused with this idea of, well, how is it, um, how is it that, that the mother and the child and then, then she marries her own child? Isn't that kind of incestuous? And Well, we said it goes through everything here. <laughs> Right. But also what we what we want to kind of get across is that it's facets and um it covers these different relationships because not every woman has a child and not every woman has a lover and not every woman um and not everyone is a woman. Not every not Everyone experiences um, being a man, and so they're kind of archetypal um, as classic relationships, but they're not meant to be singular, so it isn't necessarily um, the same mother with the same child. It's the one, the goddess of a thousand faces. And also, yep. we look with modern eyes at those social mores that um, had very, very diff- different viewpoints on those um, those practices. So both of those things are are important. Right. So, well, it's you know it's an ever evolving transformation, and you know even from the uh, <clears throat> from the from the God point of view, you know, going from the Holly King to the Oak King back to the Holly King again. And so there's all these different archetypal things happening. So it's always a, a new relationship at uh, each of the Sabbaths, but at the same time there's there's this cohesiveness that runs through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So well, we're going Excuse go me, let me, take a, let me take a break, and um, I will be right back. Thanks so much.
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Susie Peltier, Lady Red Hawk, offers private sessions of massage therapy, hypnotherapy, spiritual consultations, Reiki sessions, and trainings in San Francisco, California. She is available for in-person lectures as well as webcasts on a variety of topics such as stress management, holism, motivational speaking, and developing personal spirituality. Susie can also personalize a healing session or a spiritual consultation for you through Skype or by phone using hypnotherapy and distance sessions of Reiki. Susie is a reverend with the Universal Life Church and a third-degree Wiccan priestess performing interfaith pastoral duties such as hospice and family counseling, in addition to a variety of personalized rites such as weddings, house clearings, and memorials. Susie is currently taking applications for students in Wicca and offers circle trainings as well as priest and priestess initiation study programs. To find out more about Susie as a healer, teacher, and priestess, visit her website, www.susiepeltier.com. Email her at info at susiepeltier.com or visit the Facebook page to find out more about Taoist Wicca. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about this week's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at suzypeltier.com. Now, back to Spiritually Speaking. Listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom with uh, for Modern Needs. This is Susie Peltier, aka Lady Red Hawk, and I'm here with Lord Salmon. We are talking about the Wheel of the Year and the relationship between the goddess and the the, the god. Um, before we get back to that, I've just got a couple more announcements here. Um, some of you might remember John Casella, the shaman who was on three of my shows explaining shamanism. Well, I'm privileged to be his first guest on April 1st as he premieres his uh, live show, Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E, on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be talking about Wicca and the Wheel of the Year. More on that. Uh, so tune in and support him. It's www.blogtalkradio.com. Firefly Willows Live at 10.30 a.m. on April 1st. And I'm his first guest. So um, that's great fun. I'm very excited for him. And it was a wonderful show. 
fun show to do. So tune into that and support him and continue to uh, tune in and uh, watch um, watch for uh, new information on um, on what I'm up to is uh, you. Ha- I have another show here, so keep tuning in as we next show will be on uh, the um, the art and ethics of spellcraft, and uh, I will be telling you more about my new show on UStream. But you can st- continue to see the archives here. The archives here. And thank you for your support. So, um, Lord Salmon, um, you've channeled the God many times in the circle, and it's always phenomenal to see you put on this remarkable mask with horns on it and see you grow flanks quite literally it's an amazing process to observe um can you tell me a little bit about what that's like for you um certainly uh there's a couple different levels to it the i think the first thing that that grabs my attention the first thing i'm aware of um in in the channeling is um the physical change the, the change of the altering of the breath mostly and just just the way of looking at the world that 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 changes in that moment and over the the course of the evening or whatever whatever time it is um, through the death of the horned one and then and then when i um, when you as carried one uh, come for me then there, then there's a whole nother relationship. There's a whole nother level to to the horned one that uh, that's really much more tied in with the with the god aspect and the god and the goddess aspect in their relationship. And you understand that this relationship has always been, and and yet you're coming to this understanding as the as the relationship in some ways has ended in that physical form in the in the action and the passion of the of the male figure of the of the horned one and, and it's in that death and that sacrifice that comes this sort of much much higher revelation of this incredible relationship that we've always had across time and space so i find it very poignant very profound it's it's um it's very sad in some ways and yet it and yet it's incredibly um uh stoic and enduring and in a whole other aspect it's uh and it's a very long view on the on the universe and and all matter it seems like at that point it just it that's where it kind of transcends our physicality and and i think goes to that place that you call zero chakra Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your experience on that? As we're having it together now, now we've got a chance to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> she, Caridwen, is a Welsh goddess of uh, death, inspiration, and rebirth, and um, she is so tender with with you as 
her lover as her uh, creation and um, so um, grateful that you continue to remain so faithful that you would be willing to give this sacrifice. And there's such tenderness in the way she honors and receives you. And that's you as the horned one, that's you as the man, that's you as uh, the priest, that's you as her servant, that's you as... You know, in all of those aspects. And, right. and when I channel her, I'm aware. It's kind of like I'm sitting on my shoulder and I'm kind of dumbstruck. I can't say anything she doesn't want me to say. <laughs> make any movement she doesn't want me to make. Um, but I'm in, in watching or, or observing those feelings. There's such depth of tenderness and and I'm awestruck with the the I think tenderness is the closest thing that I can humanly come to it because I get that it's all voluntary you know she's kind of fond of saying you know this is not a service for wimps or wussies she you know she's got quite a sense of humor and um uh but so she's she's very very grateful for the 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 service and to all of you out there she's the as a representative of the, the many many the goddess of a thousand names they're all so very very grateful for your service in, in down to the, your smallest kindness to someone and sacrificing um to stay up late to finish burning a candle on someone's behalf or sitting by someone's bedside who's sick or um uh, thinking of someone else before yourself or watering your plants or working on conservation or working at the, the ASPCA, any way that you work toward Mother Nature or toward um, uh, to honor the mother in any way, she is so, so grateful. So, Lord Salmon, I am so very grateful to you for taking time today. I, it's been just joyous. So thank you so very much for coming. I always enjoy it. I always enjoy our conversations. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> and to it's all of you out there. The ones at Salmon. <laughs> yes, yes. It's yeah, funny. It's, that's the most addictive one. <laughs> it, it, it really goes beyond words. It's hard to describe the, the feeling of, of what comes through. And uh, yeah. we're we're blessed to have put ourselves in a place to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those of you who want to know more about the circle, please contact me info at susiepeltier dot com. You can um, I have an email 
circle list. You can find out more about that. And um, uh, the magic is in you. So Mary meet, Mary part, and Mary meet Mary again. Mary meet again. <laughs> Thank you. Blessings. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs. Please join Susie Peltier again next Monday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a wonderful week.